Welcome to another episode of Into Final Thoughts. Before we jump into it, I want to tell you to check out our official partner of this season of Into Final Space, Cartoon Crave. Cartoon Crave is an incredible network and news source for all things animation, including Final Space. To learn more, check them out on Instagram at cartooncrave underscore and at the Cartoon Crave on Twitter. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Into Final Thoughts. My name is Gabe Jones, host of the podcast. I am here, as always, with my wonderful co-host, creator of Final Space. (laughs) Hello! It's me, it's Olin, the executive producer, creator, writer. Uh, You know, I just Final Space. I just... (laughs) Just do a little bit bit of everything. A little bit Uh, of everything. (laughs) Hands in all different pots. And then also, we got a special guest, Benjamin Bajillajack. Or Ben Bajillajack, Supervisor Director of Final Space. Ben, say hi. Hello, everyone. Don't worry about the pronunciation of that last name. (laughs) I don't. I want everybody to try to spell it blindly. Yeah. Go Go on Twitter right now as you're listening to this episode. Tag tag Owen and I and just try to spell Ben's last name. Just go for it. I want to. I want to see. I want to see guesses. No cheating. <laughs> no, no cheating. At the, at Don't the look at the title here. of this episode. <laughs> 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 just go to Twitter. Uh, but yeah, uh, welcome one and all to episode five of Into Final Thoughts. This is a good episode. Um, before we jump into it, I do have a special announcement. Um, something I've been wanting to do for a long time that a lot of people have been asking me about. Um, but we're finally getting episode transcripts, which is really, really cool. Um, Steve, who you might know as Iris Iris on, on Twitter, uh, messaged me the other day and she is taking the charge, uh, and writing up transcripts for our hearing impaired, as well as those who are listening that speak other languages. So you don't have to jump back 5,000 times to try to figure out what we said. Um, but yeah, so you can find all those. They're going to be going up on gabrielwjones.com slash into final space. Uh, we're going to have all those episodes for you now. You can see an example at the moment of episode one, like the very first episode of Into Final Space. We did as kind of a test. Uh, and yeah, she's going to be generating each one, uh, trying to catch up with Into Final Thoughts, and then going all the way back to the beginning, giving you transcripts for every episode of Into Final Space, which is really, really cool. Um, so thank you, Steele, for that. Uh, and yeah, let's get into episode five. Of course, spoiler warning, as always, stop now if you haven't actually seen it. <laughs> Go watch it and then come back because we're going to be talking about a major episode. It's a big one. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Massive episode. Um, I'm actually going to uh, throw the first episode to Ben. Um, so, Nolan and I were talking about this episode uh, after I watched it. Um, to tell me something that you said to him um, was that you, quote, made something that was art. Um, I was wondering if you could could dive into that statement a little bit and tell us that story about uh, you know, going into this episode and you seeing the final product. And I completely agree with you, but I, I'm interested in hearing the story behind that. Well, uh, I will thank you for that compliment, Owen. <laughs> I making making art is what we strive to do every day. I'm glad we got to it in season three, episode five. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was this was one of the the episodes that when Ole and I were kicking around story ideas in season two, I think he asked me at lunch one day when you're getting chicken tenders, um, what would be my ideal final space episode if I could ever write one. And I always said, I wanted to make a Quinn episode because she's just the most capable character from the get go. And I wanted to really explore why and how she's just that great. Um, and you know, we, we kind of lost her and it was really, we had a nightfall replacement in season two, but it just, I need, I did, I missed Quinn in my life. So I'm glad that we got this opportunity to give her kind of um, her own episode, at least most of the episode. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was kind of interesting in the, you know, I remember that like in, in season two, because it's like, we had originally had that idea of, of, of kind of Quinn floating alone in space at the, at the cold opens and then kind of, you know, notes took us in a different direction, but yeah. uh 
we always kind of wanted it to, to spotlight Quinn in an interesting way. And then when we got to kind of season three, it was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And, and we're going to kind of, you know, make her a big element of season three. And I remember when we got to kind of like the, the scripts, you know, ahead of time, um, I was like, Hey Ben, <laughs> it's like, what, what, uh, what, what script you want to write? And, uh, yeah, he just kind of zeroed in on the, the outline that we had for Quinn and uh, he took it and just kind of ran with it. And it, and it's, it's really, I think probably one of my favorite episodes of this season. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really probably visually one of the most striking ones oh, absolutely. Um, that I think that we've ever done. And it, the story goes in such a, a, a heartfelt kind of, you know, emotional territory that um you know, we've we've done emotional things before. We've done things that, uh, um, you know, kind of try to push the envelope a little bit here and there. Yeah. And I think this one kind of hits all the cylinders at the at the right moment and the right time. And yeah. they're, they're, it's all very well balanced, you know. Um, and I think the, the hardest thing for for this one was like, how do we implement a little bit of that, you know, that comedy but doesn't overtake the story oh, like yeah. it has to be like backseat and then i'm talking i'm talking like not just the backseat like in a, in a 12-seater van it's <laughs> very, very back back seat. stuffed in the trunk yeah because the the f- person driving it's quinn and and we wanted to kind of you know make sure of that but yeah ben just really knocked it out of the park yeah yeah and we did get those uh those those good comedy moments um bit of the uh the kados and and biscuit um as well as just you know some <laughs> the uh, avocado's leg um yeah. <laughs> which we've all been wondering you know since that that yeah. concept art came out it's like what is that is it is he you know uh, invictus possessed or there's no? been more <laughs> on that one image than i think anything like yeah. it's like i've seen chains of like this is what could happen if 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 it is possessed. It's this, <laughs> and every time I just kind of got a good chuckle out of it because I'm like, it's such a nonchalant kind of yeah, uh, very SpongeBob esque joke. It's just Kevin lifts it up about you know you don't skip leg day and then you see this <laughs> rippling kind of uh, leg and he just kind of puts it back down. I love the I love those kind of jokes. Um, but yeah. Fun fact about that joke, um, that's not actually a drawing. That's Alan Hune's leg. We just took a picture of it. <laughs> really? <laughs> My assistant director, Alan, yeah, who is a, I, I one of the more it. capable artists. I know, yeah. he. That's his leg. He's also a very capable, um, you know, leg day connoisseur. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For those who uh, who are connoisseurs of the podcast, uh, we, we did an episode with, I think we've done two episodes with Alan. Um He's a really fun guy. Uh, I happen to follow him on Facebook and just <laughs> see him as he's growing through his quarantine workouts. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's quite impressive and quite ripped. So uh, <laughs> listen, you're gonna you're gonna see him with his shirt off, whether you like it or not. So <laughs> just embrace it. He's got great art. He's a great dude. Oh yeah, and his shirt will be off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, we got the great moment about Mako's leg, uh, his eye popping out, which was both gross and funny. Um, of course, uh, I got to talk about liquefied mooncake rolling around on the floor. I think, you know, we are playing with like the situations, like this is like a very intense, you know, situation and we have like gravity pressing down them. It's just those moments of fitting in that comedy, uh, it's very final space. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and 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 you know we try to stay within that situation, and 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 I think that was kind of like this one was probably like I want to say one of the most challenging ones to balance because we're still in kind of like the first half of the season, you know. Yeah. And so we can't, you know, I think you know any kind, any time that we kind of do something that's like full on drama mode that isn't towards the end of the season, we kind of there's more of a, more focus on it. But yeah. this one, it seemed like to be universally really, um, really loved. And, and, and I think it's just a, a testament to how um, nice it was just genuinely, you know, really crafted by, uh, by Ben and, and his team. Because it's, it's, 
when you get a script, you can, you can, there's only, there's so many places you can go. There's so many shots you can take it. There's so many kind of, you know, um, parts of that story that you can kind of unfold it from just dialogue, but visually, I think, you know, to take those words and amplify it into such a, you know, of that episode, it's like every time I saw it, every iteration, it just got better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And like, and when we got to the end, it was like, Oh my God, what, what were we doing? (laughs) It's like, I don't even know what we were doing, but it's like, you know, Ben can talk about just, you know, the long nights of kind of comping those kind of shots and and, and that that episode, he pretty much touched, I think every shot, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right, Ben? Yeah, that was, you know, that was one of those ones that you had to see to know whether you got it right or wrong. Yeah. And when it came back from Jamfield, you know, Jamfield, they have so much on their plate with just getting the structure of a episode down. You know, I, I kind of come in and they make me look good all the time because I get to comp something that's already pretty beautiful yeah, yeah. and give it that extra 10%. And suddenly I'm getting 90% of the the praise and they're getting 10%. So Jim filled like, you know, they're always going to be stars in my mind, even yeah. if you don't see them. Yeah. Like you see some of us over here. But I think, um, you know, there's a lot of credit due to a show like Final Space that's willing to take the chance to let their characters develop to the point of having an episode like this. Because, you know, even in even in season one, when we when we had the death of Avocado, there wasn't a lot of shows that were able to to transition from action adventure comedy into that drama. Uh, And I think Olin and David really set up a show that allowed that avenue to kind of be explored and i think this episode was a direct result of that i wanted to take the the drama of that avocado death and kind of bring it to um our strong female character because i think you know the world waited long enough and we needed to hear something about why quinn was the way she was um and i think a lot of that that comedy that you see injected is olin and david's craft working because me i i start from drama outward and i think i had uh i think david at one point even saw the script and said okay so we're now going to be a show where children are shown dead bodies is that how that works (laughs) (laughs) and i said well yeah but like you can put your jokes in there in there also and then olin david kind of gave me like an odd look like where are we supposed to put a joke between nearly drowning and seeing a bunch of dead bodies yeah (laughs) and i think that was like i think originally it was just like it was a straight a story you know and then i think we it was kind of putting in that b story of avocado and little kato kind of recharging the lightful engines and i remember we got into such like we had such discussions about what how are they getting out of this thing you know like what what is the what is the are they recharging and are they not recharging like we got into the thralls of that but i mean i think the the thing that really resonated and remained true was the Quinn story. Like I, yeah. I, when I first read that, I was like, I wanted to make sure that it was something that tonally stayed within final space. And that, you know, even in the outline phase, I think it was like, it didn't really hit that exact mark, you know, from the writer's room right. and the writer's room, you know, and me and David kind of did a pass on it and we kind of tried to, you know, we're like, okay, let's have it where she's in the infinity guard. And, you know, it, it slowly got there more and more and more and more. And then when Ben got a hold of it, he was able to kind of articulate that and, and construct those scenes in a really awesome way. And it's and also this is one of Ben's first episodes that he has written, you know, so we really wanted to kind of give him that chance. And it was kind of cool to see, you know, finally, um, you know, the supervisor director have an episode where he kind of wrote it and kind of visualized it and was able to kind of like, you know, kind of he knew what he was going for, you know what I mean? And I I think it was a cool thing. So with the, with the B story, it was kind of just making sure that it totally fit within that episode. And there's always that fine balance where you don't want to make something too dark and, you know, too kind of um, too over the top, you know? And I, and I think this is like, it hits that nice balance. I I think it's one of the most well-balanced episodes that we've ever. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And uh and Ben just kind of coming off that, uh, what was it like, you know, you you got to kind of see this vision through. What was it like, especially, you know, with everybody at home, uh, working with the team to to kind of execute what you'd what you'd written and, and what you saw this episode being? Uh I think it was my one of my greater honors in my 
artistic life to be able to kind of, you know, like I watch, I'm a huge movie fan. I went to film school. So to see people, the, the written and directed by was, is the Holy grail. Right. Yeah. So to be given a chance to do that, it, you know, it's the most terrifying thing ever, but it's also the most fun thing ever. So right, right when you get over that initial, like, Oh my God, I'm never going to work again. If this ends up bad, <laughs> um, it just, it's nothing but like the most fun thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I know that my, my storyboard artist and my team that that was with me will say the opposite because nothing is more annoying than a director with a vision so precise. <laughs> uh, and and now that and when they gave me like veto power to change a script and a story, um, yeah, I'm sure they were like, "Wait, how many versions of this scene are we doing? This is the tenth. This is the twelfth? Um, but Nicole and Johnny and Alan, all all credit to them. They they were a great inspiration during this whole process to get it where it needed to go. Yeah. And, and shout out to the compers. We never get the compers names, Adam <laughs> and Bree and Eben. Those are the unsung heroes. They, Adam is the one who is responsible for all that energy going into the hole. He kind of like crafted that look and um, man, that, that team is phenomenal. And the fact that everyone was working from their living rooms is just, yeah. I don't know. I tell them every day, like, I don't know how we made this season. I from man, our living rooms. <laughs> I'm actually editing this kind of what next trailer, and it's like there's some shots in here that I'm just like, I don't know what we were doing, or like we were just kind of like, you know, maybe because there was nothing to do that we just kind of turned into the show and poured a lot of that frustration and stuff in there. I don't really know, but it's like it's kind of insane to to think about that we made the show in the first place, but also made a show that I think looks better than the previous two seasons somehow. Like I, it's yeah. really insane when it, when I start to think about that, because we've, I remember we, we had the premiere and there's people that I have never met before in person. And, and it's like, I was like, Oh my God. I had like, I remember I saw Tobias in, in the car. And it's like, dude, I haven't seen you in over a year. Yeah. And I was, I, like in person he's like yeah i'm like that's insane like like you, there's just people that you just haven't you, you, you can't even process it but yeah i think you know even on the comping team you know that's kind of like one area that i think a lot of people um kind of you know don't really realize it's such a huge part of the show like yeah. it really is and every every i think part every arm of the show is 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 a huge part you know sure. um but i think the, the the comping usually gets overseen um and after doing just kind of i mean two scenes like two sequences of of episode 8 <laughs> i gained a whole new appre i always gain a new appreciation when i get to comp a scene cuz it's like it's just so intricate and it's going into each shot and you're it's it's not just like you know, you put a blanketed thing across everything. It's you're doing every shot that you're seeing in the show is being touched. And with most shows you have like, what, like a family guy or Bob's it's like 60 backgrounds or, you know, it's like, it's the same, you're seeing the same thing. But with our show, we, we always push that limit to like, I don't even know how back, how many backgrounds we have close to 200. I would imagine. I don't even I know. think it's more. I think that's why <laughs> Tobias is constantly mad at me. <laughs> 300 or so. we knew a lot of backgrounds and i and i remember like forever ago i was at like i think like a scad um convention or something like that or, or and somebody asked me how many backgrounds you have in the show and it's like at the time i think season one we had 600 yeah somewhere and, around uh, that number <laughs> somewhere around that number and they're like why i'm like because it looks good <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> basically my brain is like, you know, you want, you want it to feel cinematic and cool. And, you know, I think we've gotten better and more efficient at kind of telling the the story that we want to tell, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely the killer. And, and I think, you know, when you get that first kind of animation back from Jamfield and it's already killer and you could put that up and I think everybody would be like, Whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. But we're like, how can we just push that just a little bit, <laughs> just, a little bit more. Just, just turn the dial a little bit more. And that's when you kind of, you know, Ben will go in with this team and kind of really put in that darkness and, and you know, amplify everything. And yeah, I mean, after doing that one little sequence in episode eight, which was like kind of like pretty simple, but I was like, okay, I got to I got to meet their level. You know, like I got to <laughs> so I was putting in the sun and all these asteroids and I was trying to make it darker, moodier and it like 
putting in like little leaks of light. And it's still, I was like, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I got it in the same level, but it's close, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I love it, that my team, I love that my team does like a shadow pass on characters and Olin decided to put like a full fledged star yeah. exploding in his yeah. scene. <laughs> you definitely made that harder on yourself. But yeah, no, I mean, I, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous sequence. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to meet that same level, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like, you know, there's times where I, I look at a lot of stuff that, you know, they've done in certain episodes and, you know, even you and, and, you know, Adam and all them. And I feel like it's just like, I don't even know how they do that, you know? And, and I know after effects for, for, you know, I'm self-taught, but I don't know the, you know, the ins and outs of all of it, but there's just some stuff that I'm just kind of always blown away by of how good it can look, you know? And that gets me excited, you know, of just kind of the future stuff, but also just kind of, you know, where eventually Final Space could go if it ever does get picked up for that season four. But it's like, this is like where we would, in me personally, where I would, the tone that I would want to be the, the show to be. And this is where I think the show is at its best right here. Yeah. And you get to see a lot more episodes kind of in this tonal, like ribbon almost, you know, yeah. it, it kind of flows pretty, um, pretty nicely on it. And, and I think that, you know, the, the, the first episodes of a season are always kind of the most chaotic because it's, you're working with new directors, new boarders, and they have to learn the show. And so it's always kind of the most difficult to do those first three to four. I always yeah. feel like those are, the, those are the most difficult, but when you kind of um, get into like the middle of the season and towards the end, you really find this slipstream of like, everybody knows it now. They know what they're doing. And you get some really special episodes out of this. And I think this is this one that I think is, it's, it's just really special. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it plays to the, uh, the dedication of both the shadow machine crew and JM Phil to this show. Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's not just a job. It's they, they like the show as well. Um, it's what I, I always love talking to crew just one-on-one it's like it's like yeah i love final space i love watching final space i love going back and seeing the episodes as they air especially jam filled you know coming from these preschool kids shows um and then this was kind of the their first stab at something like this and killing it um I yeah i tell i tell olin all the time um like i have no idea what to do next if if final space <laughs> wasn't wasn't an option just because i can't I can't go to, you know, Bob's Burgers after an experience like this. It's just not, not, not any offense to Bob's Burgers, but I mean, we got to, uh, I got to have a, a black hole sucking in all the energy in the universe as yeah. Quinn goes through her, her memories of her sister. Like, I don't know if there's an episode of Bob's that would let me do that. I haven't seen Bob's in a while, but I don't think they're getting that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a different show. And, you know, I think, the great thing about animation is it's kind of, you know, it's only growing and expanding and, and people are coming up with some really creative stuff. And, you know, I think me and Ben are, are excited to kind of keep working together and, and develop some new ideas and stuff like that. If, if, if final space doesn't kind of uh, go the distance, but I think with, with kind of like, you know, final space that I always kind of felt like it's one of those shows that uh, it's best when you let the kind of artist just create the art, you yeah. know, and you, and you got to kind of have that ability to kind of basically like, you know, step back and kind of find out what people are passionate about and lean into that. And when, you know, obviously Ben was really passionate about telling, you know, Quinn's story and kind of, you know, making an, you know, kind of the visuals of that episode. And, you know, we're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, like, let me, let me, let's find, let's get you that script, you know, to write. Yeah. And I remember, you know, it's always one of the hardest things, um, to kind of find somebody that can, that totally really understands final space. It, yeah. It's a hard show to understand because it's doing comedy, it's doing action, it's doing drama. And it, and it has at the core of it, some sort of final space idea that kind of makes it feel like the show. Like it's not Futurama, it's not Rick and Morty. Right. And so to find somebody that understands that it's like, it's been really hard. And that's why this season we, me and David try to write most of the episodes, you know, and we're kind of like, you know, I think the the workhorses where, you know, we'll write the episodes that, you know, 
are kind of the in-betweens and, <laughs> you know, like, we, you know, we, we, those have to be made. And, and I think we, we did some of our best work this season, but whenever you can get to a special episode like this and, and kind of, you know, hand it to somebody that's really passionate about it, um, you're only going to get the best work, you know? Yeah. And great thing about Ben is that he really nailed that tone in probably so well that we kind of gave him another script to write. And I think that's that's one of the great things about, you know, this season is kind of leaning into people's passions. Yeah. And if they have an idea, be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I think let's you, that's that's how you get the best work, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And I think uh, by doing that, you get episodes like this and, and the you know, the the other side and the closer you get, you know, like you get some really impactful episodes when you just kind of listen to the artists and just kind of be like, you know what, do your art, man. And, yeah. <laughs> and just kind of completely back up and like, let them do their thing. And um, because there's so many artists that, that kind of, I feel like that are stuck on a lot of shows like um, family guy and Bob's and, and, and there's nothing wrong with those shows at all. I mean, I, I watch those shows, you know, I feel like they're comfort shows and I feel like, but there's a lot of artists that have their own ideas. They have their own ambitions. They have their own kind of things that they want to do. And if you can have an artist that kind of takes ownership over something on your show, that's like one of the best things ever. And if you have that, you're only going to get the best work because they're getting to kind of do the things that they've always wanted to do and get paid for it. And that's the dream. You know, it's like you, you just kind of say, Hey, make your art, and you're going to get paid for it. And um, let's just try to get that vision across as best as possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, moving uh, a bit more from the art side into our next section. So, yeah, jumping into more of the uh, the story side of it, um, we finally got a really good glimpse into Quinn's past. And, you know, we talked about Quinn a lot. I mean, you've you've mentioned in the past that she's kind of the main character of Final Space told through the lens of Gary. Um, so yeah, what was kind of your your inspirations for this this life that you gave her? Uh, her story with the Infinity Guard and of course the <laughs> the Room of Dead Bodies uh, and and Avery. Uh, we'll dive into Avery a little bit, but yeah, just starting back with uh, with a bit of Quinn's backstory. What's 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 up with all that? Olin, do you want to take this or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, okay. The, you know, Quinn is consistently in every episode that she is in has been the most capable member of the team squad. Absolutely. Um, and I think that was, that was a really interesting aspect to her. And, you know, it's a, there's character traits and archetypes for a reason, right? And I think Quinn is that silent soldier. Um, yeah you know, like ethics, unbreakable ethics and morality, um, always does what she thinks is right. Um, doesn't care if the rest of the infinity guard thinks that her theory is nonsense. She goes after it. Uh, and that's a compelling character because the stakes are always highest for them because moral integrity is everything. So when you have a character that's built on that foundation, kind of exploring how that foundation was built, uh, is an exciting challenge, and I think, and I think having a rivalry with Avery was a great way to show um, why she's so good at what she is because she was battling the best. Yeah, you know, she was she was sparring with wolves. She wasn't with like the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's my metaphor for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, like when she when she goes down and she dives for uh, that little device that we see when when they're in the water in the lake. Um, that's just a real competition between sisters, like who can hold their breath the longest, who can, who can do the, who can stare death in the face and, you know, and accept that challenge. And we actually had a few different flashbacks that didn't make the, the final draft that were equally as, uh, uh, I would say a little bit disturbing, Oh, <laughs> a little, a little competitive. Um, you know, there was a lot of boot camp uh, stuff that I think we just had to cut for time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I would have loved to explore. But uh, I think the story benefited from that brevity. And I yeah. think I think the, those moments that we see of Quinn are all character building to get her to be that character that Gary fell in love with. Yeah. And I remember there's there's a couple scenes that were kind of on the chopping block. And 
and I remember, I remember there were a couple scenes that you're like, oh man, it was probably the toughest I think for you because we always have to meet that time of 21 minutes. You know, that's that's yeah. the time. Nothing can be over it, or it just has to meet that time. Yeah. Um, and so there was a couple scenes that were just like, you know, pretty impactful uh, Quinn moments that that I would, you know, and. They were, they were always on the chopping block because it was like, is the Quinn stuff too long? And I was like, no, we're keeping it. And Ben, right. would, ben would text me, thank you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it was kind of those, those, a couple of those moments where it's like, you know, these, this was the episode. We want to keep that long. Let's cut everything else. You know, there's other stuff that we can cut. And I think with the, the, the coolness of this episode is kind of really seeing that rival between two sisters, but something that keeps escalating. It keeps getting more intense every time they you see him and you start seeing that there's a lot of resentment in Avery for basically Quinn being the older sister um, and kind of getting this idea that she's going to be, you know, the leader, you know, yeah. that she's going to kind of excel more than Avery. And being a, you know, a younger brother in that sense, you know, I've, I've seen that relationship even with my own brother who kind of is, you know, aces everything that he's ever done he's in the air force flies jets and all this stuff he's always excelled where it's like i've always felt like i had to play catch up and i think that's that's avery is that she's she kind of is at a point where she just wants nothing to do with quinn because there's a lot of jealousy and resentment built up over their entire relationship you know and i think it's it's you know sad when you have that because it i think it was bred that competition was bred basically from their parents, you know, yeah. and, you know, both of them are in the infinity guard. And so you have these two parents that are kind of, you know, training their kids at a very young age to basically be leaders. Right. And, um, you know, you kind of see the more reckless one. And in that kind of instance, you know, the mom kind of, you know, easily sees that Quinn is going to be the kind of person that probably did to excel the most. And so I think it's, it's a, it's a cool dynamic to see for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, I wish that we could have actually have had more Quinn stuff, you know, <laughs> there, was, there was so much good stuff. And, uh, you know, that's but I'm I'm really happy with the stuff that we were able to keep. Yeah. And and it would have been a disservice to the character to try to even cut anymore. And and, you know, there's always trims and stuff to make the story play better. And I think sure. it, there, it, it definitely um, plays really nice. But um you know, if, if there was ever the kind of the the Ben Bajilla Jack cut, you know, it probably <laughs> would have been, you know, 26 minutes and you would have probably had awesome Quinn stuff throughout the entire thing. And that's the best case scenario is like if you could have that extra little time, you know, I think a lot of episodes in Final Space would have would actually kind of uh, be helped by just kind of a, a flexible time, you know, like yeah. it just me to 21 minutes if even if it was 22 minutes the amount of like actual help that would give us would be insane but this episode it never it doesn't feel long it doesn't feel short it feels i think like the perfect length you know yeah um but yeah anyway so and i can get into the all the kind of the balance of it all but i i, I just i always like this one because it's just so it just hits on every level yeah, I was gonna say it, it felt right in in every way that it could for a Final Space episode. I mean, just between the acting, the visuals, the music, which by the way, the score in this is phenomenal. Yeah, um, they, they did a really good job with that. And, and that was such a tough one too, because you know, there's it's I think those guys had probably the the most heavy lifting with this episode because there was a lot of temp love on certain scenes where it, <laughs> just a temp song that people just fall in love with and they have to try to replicate that or kind of get close to it but you can't copy it you know or we don't have the money to get the rights so they just have to try to make manifest right and so so in in a way it helps them because it pushes them but in also a way it's kind of like uh it's just kind of it already sets a bar really high you know yeah and, and they have like two weeks to meet that bar and it's just it's we push them you know and and, and i think that's the one thing that we try to do on final space is we try to push anybody you know and yeah every, and but yeah. the great thing is it seems like everybody kind of is, is welcoming to that push you know yeah uh, 
And so I think they met that they met it and it was, I think this is, has just great music. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say you, you had a, a kind of brand newish, uh, a music team on this, on this season. What was it like, uh, working with them? With, uh, kind of, uh, Jake and, uh, yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake is back from season one yeah. and, uh, you know, Andrew came back from season two. So it's kind of like they kind of just joined together to kind of attack season three. Yeah. And uh, we brought in kind of Casey Edwards, who was kind of a guest composer for this episode and really hit probably the most difficult scene out of everything. And it's the ending scene. You kind of you'll hear it. You'll it's like it's very distinct. And, uh, you know, I think with all of those guys kind of attacking this episode, it was uh, I think they did some of their best work. I think this was probably Jake probably at his at his best and Andrew at his best and, and Casey I don't know. That's the first time I ever worked with Casey, but I'm assuming probably at his best. <laughs> um, but yeah, they did awesome. And and they've been killing it in every episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, kind of jumping back to the, the, the Quinn Avery situation, you know, kind of that, it's that jealousy that, that kind of pushed Avery to, to her ends. Uh, can you talk about the, the choice of, you know, we, I think a lot of fans were hoping to see, you know, Avery would come back and, you know, we'd have a sister relationship here, but of course, you know, it's all flashback. Um, so what was the the decision process going into to us seeing, you know, Avery's, Avery's end? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, and, and we were pretty careful to kind of say that she was lost, you know? Yeah. We don't really know. <clears throat> What happened? We kind of, yeah, we kind of left it kind of open-ended. Sure. Because I think it would be an awesome character, awesome character to bring back, you know, in, in a okay. way. Um, but I, but I, at, the, at the same time, it also, you know, if it just decides to, we don't decide to explore that and, and the story doesn't naturally go in that direction, then it also serves as a, as a definite end as well, right. you know? Um, and, and I think with, you know, this kind of story, um, it all kind of hinges on, you know, all these characters kind of go, come from a place of, of, of a really broken, traumatic beginning, you know, right. and it might hit them at different times in their lives, but, but all of them have had it rough and that, you know, everybody in life has had a, has a, a rough life at some point, you know, sure. there, no, nobody is uh, immune to having uh traumatic or, you know, kind of really hard uh, times in their lives. So I think it's, it's something that instantly everybody can relate to in some way, you know, whether, whether or not it's, you know, you have a a parent die, whether or not you have a a rivalry between two siblings, whether or not you kind of, you know, um, experience all this, it's something that, you know, you, you can relate to in, in a way where, you're seeing people that are kind of coming from very fractured beginnings and only becoming stronger together, you know, like the pieces kind of fit together, you know, it's like a cracked uh, kind of piece of like a, like a vase, but that somehow the pieces, each piece is kind of making the vase stronger because it's, it's this just found family. Um, But I think it's, it's, probably one of my favorite elements of, of, of this episode is how the story is actually told. You're getting a, a, an element of the sickness that's kind of being affected by the black hole in yeah. a really kind of, you know, it's accelerating things. And I think we, I think the, a cool thing that Bing can kind of, kind of uh, discuss is kind of like, how do we tell that story that, that tells it in real time and not just flashbacks? Cause it is happening to her in real time. Right. It, yeah. it starts as a flashback where she blacks out and then, it, but she's like actually in her yeah. hallucination, you know what yeah. I mean? Like she's conscious of that. And then, you know, you get it again where it's, it's actually Quinn in this younger body. And then it kind of starts to like, almost like blur into yeah. actual reality. So yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that, Ben, but that's, that was kind of a cool thing where I think that uh, it was probably the most challenging, you know? Yeah, we, we talk a lot about POV um, and what, what character's point of view we're looking at. And, you know, so, so many of the movies that we watch and the things that we consume, we just have this omniscient kind of view of everything. You see what the bad guy's doing. You see what the good guy's doing. You see when they meet. There's not a lot of um, 
they hold the, it's up to you to decide what secret you want to let the audience see. Sure. And the fun part about this one was playing Quinn, having this sickness was now giving her this kind of role as an unreliable narrator and her being the kind of conduit to how we're watching this story unfold. We, we kind of lay down the groundwork for it to be very mysterious. So we only know what Quinn knows. We only, we look away when she looks away and when she's facing her like deepest trauma, you kind of start to see those two worlds blend together because it's too, just too much for her. Yeah. And I think that was a really, that was a lot of fun to play with because I think that's a very human thing. And, you know, there's animation is so great for so many reasons. Uh, when you think about it as like a caricature device, yeah. it, it's, it's for so long, we use it to exaggerate comedy. It was really fun to use it to exaggerate kind of, um, just her dread and her fear and her trauma yeah. and really play up that disorientation of feeling this sickness and seeing this thing that she disliked this monkey on her back that she could never let go of, of losing her sister. Yeah. So when Olin said, you know, she's lost, that's what she is to Quinn. She Quinn didn't see a dead body floating in space. She saw this explosion and her sister was gone and yeah. she's lost. And we're not sure where she ended up. We're not, we're not sure you know, we're not sure where Quinn's going to end up, but we know that this is, you know, that it's a good, I wouldn't say that we did it perfectly. I think it, it was a fun exercise. And I think a lot of young writers and directors should take heed of this idea of, of POV. And if you want to stick with a character, you can lay down this groundwork for some really interesting stuff using like their memories and their daydreams and their nightmares and to tell their story uh, more than just a, you know, a conversation between two characters. Yeah. 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 And I, th I think it played out really, really well. Go ahead. And, oh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. think, um, well, I think like when Olin talked about like, you know, the director's cut of this, I think it would ideally be uh, 86 minutes and it would be a, a silent film. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Be Just four, two, four hours. two women staring at each other <laughs> with a dripping faucet and violins. <laughs> That's that's a that's an interesting space episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I also I also loved how uh, you know we harken back to we always go back to to the the kind of big themes this season of uh, uh, you know consequences and found family. Um, how you know we were able to bring Gary into this situation there at the end. You know when she is facing you know her grief with losing Avery wherever she's gone. Um, you know, Gary's able to aid with life experience. Um, you talk about, talk about that a little bit, you know, we've, we've seen the relationship grow a little bit, but this is kind of yeah. a, a new kind of turn for it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Gary kind of knows in, in some way what that feels like. And, and I think that's, um, kind of one of his strengths is that he was kind of bred in, in trauma, you know, he, he was born through it and, I think that basically that's the thing about trauma that, that I think people, um, people have, who've experienced it. There's no like set time that you're supposed to experience it or, or go through it or, you know, actually deal with it. It just yeah. it's a ticking time bomb and it could go off at any moment could go off a year from now, could go off five years from now, but you know, however, whenever you had that experience, it doesn't mean that you're going to deal with it right away. Right. It just means that it's everything is, it could, coalesce at one point in time and it all came at this moment in time when she was kind of facing this this inevitable end and i think that gary can relate to losing somebody in in a such a powerful way yeah. that i think he those words ring true he he wants to kind of um try to reach out to her and uh and it, it, unfortunately it ends up with quinn jumping off the ship and and he knows that she's not in the right space. Like there's something happening to her with the black hole. There's something going on. Yeah. He doesn't know what it is yet until that helmet gets taken off and sees, oh no, this is what what is going on. This is this is now serious. Like we got to figure out what this is. So I think it's 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 one of those things where um you get a really powerful scene between those two. Yeah. And I think that Quinn hears Gary's voice, but it, but the, the thing that's pulling her deeper into the black hole is Avery. Yeah. And, and it, 
she can't kind of differentiate what's reality at that point. And so she's, you know, she's kind of been told by her mother and, and it's something that's probably been beaded into her head. I don't know how many times it's just that idea that you can't, you know, this is how it feels to lose somebody and you do not let your sister end up like this. And so unfortunately her sister did end up like that and can't, she doesn't know how to kind of break from that, you know, and, and it kind of, it, I always like things that I said this before, where you can kind of see a new story point and go back and appreciate things in, in, a, in an earlier season. And this is, I think, when you find out where Quinn has kind of, you know, come from and her parents and, and her sister and, and what happened, you can go back to season one and see why she was so driven to kind of not, you know, basically save the earth, you know, yeah. she was born into that kind of mentality. And she doesn't want people to die, you know, but at the same time, she doesn't want the responsibility of having to kind of look after somebody because they could die, you know, right. like she, she now doesn't want it. Like she doesn't want that, but she at the same time can't break from that idea of trying to basically fulfill her job. Yeah. You know? And, and that's what she's, you know, been the entire time, probably the most capable of all of them. And what you end up with is, uh, I think, a really compelling story that only enriches Quinn as a character. And you're only going to see more Quinn. You know, like it's 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 her story, I think, is really, um, really meaningful. And uh, I, I think this season, this is kind of like you're starting to see the the uh, the effects of uh, having more Quinn. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's great. I love it. I mean, it, it's it, it's there's a reason why it's one of my favorite episodes is because. Um, it just, it hits and it hits hard. And, uh, yeah, I mean, every time I see, uh, see Quinn, I just get excited because it's like, I know that there's so much story potential, um, that just, this opens up so much potential. Right. So, yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah. So moving from Quinn back into, uh, our, our Ash line, you know, going down to the black hole at the end of the, the end of the episode and Stephen Young's incredible delivery of that uh we can't keep leaving people behind line uh that we saw in the trailer um what have we what have we got coming next what can you you tell us going forward for uh for six and beyond yeah i mean this is uh we're gonna get kind of into once we get past six it's 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 like an adrenaline rush it just kind of keeps escalating and even when it kind of there's there are smaller episodes that kind of take a beat but it, it doesn't it still escalates in story. Yeah. So I think with, once you get past six, which I feel like is absolutely um, our tamest episode. If, if I had to guess one, you know, I yeah. think, that, I think yeah. that, is, that is our tamest episode. And, and it's not by any means a bad episode. It actually has a lot of great story in it. Yeah. It's just sandwiched between two. I mean, really I think, excellent ones. Yeah. Yeah. Really excellent. <laughs> So it makes it feel like it's it's not as excellent, but it's actually still a really great story. And so I think with, you know, looking ahead, once you get into the seven territory, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, even 13, it's just a ride, man. Yeah. And and I think that's, it, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And I'm really excited to see um, once we get to that nine and 10, probably after 10 to basically be like, Oh wow. I did not expect <laughs> the show to go this big and this, this epic and this cool and this dramatic and this, you know, it, it, it hits a lot of different cylinders, but, uh, Ben, what can you say? What can you say about where it's going? They've I heard- think, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think this episode is a really interesting, I, I, we talked about it before we kind of started writing it. But it was we wanted to deal with grief because we've we've played with this idea that we're an animated show that's not afraid of of killing a character, a main character. Um, And we never really a lot of our characters went through trauma and grief, but we never really um, got our like hands dirty and were able to address it. And I think this is our grief episode and Quinn chasing this goat, literally chasing this ghost of her sister. I think is a is a perfect uh, example of how someone grieves, and I think this is beyond. You know, Stephen Yoon has that amazing line that I think like kind of steals the show. But I think it's Gary's speech to Quinn as she's running after Avery, 
that really like is my favorite moment of any Final Space episode because I think it's the full maturation of, of Gary and I think it's the full maturation of Olin as a voiceover actor because that the way that he delivered that line he he's speaking to grief he's and you can hear it in Olin's voice like he knows that this happened to her but he also knows that the only way to look to get over it is to is to carry her sister on yeah with her yeah and keep that spirit alive and that's the only that's how Avery now lives on and I think with with that idea of 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 how to handle grief and that lesson that Quinn learns. Um, I think that's kind of what every final space fan needs to hold as we go through the rest of the season. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that, you know, there's some grief and, and how characters live on is through each other. Yeah. yeah. And there's a moment, you know, there's a moment and I think it's, it's nine and I, I, it's not giving anything away where, where every character is kind of like thinking about, characters outside of our main circle and it's like a funny little like oh yeah like we this, these are the only characters we know who else is out there yeah yeah because final space is a big wide place and there's other people there yes yeah and i think that is a excellent way to wrap up this episode so uh thank you so much ben for uh for joining us on this episode of into final thoughts uh it has been lovely to have you on um, like I said, at the top of the episode, if you haven't yet, check out gabrielwjones.com slash into final space to read transcripts of these episodes. Once again, thank you, Steve, for your dedication to the show and for making this work for us. Um, as always, Olin, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll of course, see you next week for, for our Tamus episode number six. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure to, uh, to, Follow us at Final Space at Into Final Space and uh, make sure to follow the podcast on your chosen podcast platform. Uh, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, do a solid rate us five stars, leave a nice review. That'd be super awesome. It helps us get into their algorithm and helps people see the show. Uh, and that's and it hey, for this one. Thanks, thank, thanks for watching, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the best <laughs> job I ever had, and it wouldn't happen without people watching it. So. Thank you. Thank you. Be safe. Treat each other well. Yep. And we'll see you next time on Into Final Space. Thanks, guys. Bye.